podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland, I'm Trev Downey and this is the transfer show for Anfield Index Pro, for which I'm joined, as always, by Dave Davis. Good evening, my friend. How are you doing? Very well. Nice to speak to you again. We're probably going to have to change our Facebook status at this rate, aren't we, if we keep speaking this much? I think I think it's only right, man. I think it's only right. And, of course, the key question uh, is, do you have the suitably sized container of Cherry Pepsi Max to get you through this? I have got a whole case of six ready and waiting just for this show, pal, already. <laughs> Excellent, because we don't want you flagging, uh, and we do have quite a bit to get through. We will, of course, as always, start with Liverpool news, um, if we can call it that, and we'll try and make what we can out of it. Uh, towards the end, we'll get into the speculation zone. But for now, let's deal with bits and pieces that we know. Now, I think an awful lot of people were getting very excited, Dave, that there was going to be uh, serious moving and shaking going on uh, in Dubai with uh, deals getting cranked out left, right and centre. Doesn't really appear to have been the case. Uh, we know that uh, Hogan and Ward were out there but i don't think necessarily for the purposes of doing business what can we say about the dubai thing uh, liverpool's uh, uh, uh sort of shenanigans out there uh, and any knock-on effects then from what we've been hearing about availability of players for when the real football starts back yeah, I think, to be honest, Trev, the suits are out there for business, but not the transfer ones that we normally look for from what we're hearing. So exactly like you said, Billy Hogan and Julian Ward were both out there. Turns out that, that Ward was there for, I think they call them expos in, in Dubai, sort of football expo, sort of connections. Um, Hogan out there, mainly on a commercial purposes, we're told realistically. So unfortunately nothing that we can sort of turn up from a transfer perspective, sad to say, in one way. Um, probably the positive, though, exactly like you mentioned, player-wise, obviously, Darwin was back, comes back with a double-A, bang in a short space of time. Um, positive news as well is that, that Trent and Hendo were both out there. Didn't actually train, didn't really integrate, but just, you know, stayed out there, sort of caught up with the team. And they're now back on, on Merseyside with the rest. What, what we're being told across the board, which is quite interesting, is apart from VVD, there's no one you can definitively rule out of this City Carabao game on Thursday. Literally only DVD and DVD, VVD even. That's terrible, isn't it? So it is possible. I'm not saying it's definite, but Alisson and 
Fab might even be in contention is what the suggestions are. So, yeah, I know it's a a bit disappointing, burst burst the bubble a bit there, but nothing we can turn up transfer-wise, but at least everyone's back and safe, ready for the midweek game, eh? Well, yeah, and again, you know, we we did have the the, the extra bad news at the start of this little uh, uh, trip with uh, Luis Diaz, and that, of course, has put a little bit of pressure on the concept of getting a player in the window uh, that's uh, opening or about to open. So we will certainly keep talking about the potential for that, and. Last week, you couldn't move for stories about Enzo Fernandez, and yet the bad news boys seem to be out in force, uh, sort of raining on parades left, right and centre, Dave. Yeah, it is, a, it is a little bit this week, I'm afraid. So, yeah, the, the tier one journos have been quite unequivocal in what they've said. So we had Neil Jones coming out and saying that there is, despite all the suggestions, there's no agreement in place for Enzo. Probably mainly interesting, I'd say, Trev, is that he didn't rule it out. He did say it's something that's being explored as a possibility. Um, James Pearce also coming out and saying he expects little activity during the the transfer window. So maybe, and he he almost referenced it to a player you mentioned there, a Luis Diaz-type opportunity. So maybe one that comes up sort of late on, you know, it just rears its heads and the Reds have to pounce on it. So there's kind of hope rather than expectation on this. I mean, we have, like I said, we asked around as we, we started these in Jan and that everything we're getting told is the Reds are actively looking, especially, as we said, for a, a midfielder in January, even if, as we said, it's a, a January move for a summer arrival. The Reds are active, but being active and getting one over the line, as we know, are two very, very different things. Yeah, and I guess if it does come down to trying to console ourselves, like an awful lot of the more pessimistic or realistic pick your poison uh, fans would have been saying that we have to just going to have to console ourselves with whatever good news we can work out of our own squad, getting guys into form, maybe getting one or two guys back a little bit earlier. Now, Obviously, the Diaz thing does sort of colour everything in a more negative way, but there was some positive news in terms of the availability of two injured footballers in Arthur and Jota, who may be back. Now, I don't think it's anything wild early, but it's ahead of the scheduled expected dates, uh, if I am reading that correctly. Yeah, that, that that is exactly what we're hearing. It's uh, it's one of those, it's trying to bring it up on a little high, but not getting wildly overexcited. So exactly that. Arthur's agent's been out and said, you know, unequivocally, he's definitely staying. He's not going back to Turin at all. And the loan deal is not being cut short. Suggestions that are that realistically we're talking February time. The, the reason we're saying February, Trev, is you might well see him on the training pitch before then, you know, sort of early January, which sounds great. But then if you think the guy didn't have a pre-season at all, he was training with the kids and then he's had a major, major injury setback. So he's obviously got to go through all those steps, all those stages again. So that's something to consider. But whether he even then comes in and, you know, we're in the, the thick of the action, it's that's another discussion. With Jota, yeah, it, realistically, the timescales were, were now being told around sort of late February, they're hoping to to get him back in. Probably the Real Madrid game is one to 
sort of pencil in there about the 21st. But it it is a positive because it's he's back early and expected, but we do appreciate, I'm saying it with a tin hat on in the sense of there's a lot of games before then and who knows what the season will be. But like we said, Trav, we're just trying to bring the mood up a bit and look at some positives, eh? Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, well, it, 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 and again, it's it's easier said as you as you as you've pointed out. It's easier said at the moment because after the flurry of 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 of, uh, of stories, uh, the the reality is what we're talking about here. Um, the the reality of what is actually being said, um, um, what the the in the know um, journals are are confirming or denying. And you know, if 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 we are trying to look at uh, comparative shorter injury returns as good stories yeah for sure <laughs> it does feel a bit like uh get your helmet on and 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 get ready to to to, to brace yourself for a, a tough yeah. old uh, stretch you know it has that feel about it um i know everyone will be excited to get the season back and you know whatever about uh, the season as it stands and some people would say that maybe uh with the draw against Real Madrid and all the rest of it, some people would say that maybe this season is kind of critically uh, uh, holds beneath the waterline, even as we speak. Um, I would, I'm trying to retain some optimism about all of that stuff, to be honest. But looking ahead, uh, Dave, there are, there is some good news around the club. And again, it's, this isn't in any way to make up for it because we're going to go back, like I say, to the speculation in a minute. But there is some good news around uh, some of our current uh, youngsters and maybe a little bit of interest uh, that's being shown uh, in a, a youngster elsewhere. What, what, what's, what are those stories? Yeah, it's with the um, Dubai tip trip, it's been a, a great chance for, say, youngsters to, to get experience, some exposure if you want as well. Probably the the two that have really shone, despite maybe not having a huge amount of minutes on the pitch, uh, Ben Doak, the young winger, and Bobby Clark, who, let's be honest, he, I, well, I'm going to be honest on this, in my opinion, I think he's done very well, even in the Carabao, but he really announced himself, didn't he, with that Xavi Alonso-style pass for Darwin against AC Milan. Absolutely top draw. So... Naturally, there's questions around, will they, those guys, well, those kids, I should say, be given time, be given minutes in the first team? So there have been a few rumours around even loans, especially with, with Doak mentioned about potentially Nottingham Forest. And one thing we were told this week as well, that Bournemouth, now Bournemouth have 
from our academy, I should say, almost pinched one of our academy coaches and is going in as Gary O'Neill's number two. So one of our academy coaches is going to be Bournemouth's assistant manager. So what we've been told, Trev, is he obviously knows someone like Ben Doak inside out from his time here. Very keen to take him. Liverpool have told them and other clubs unequivocally not a chance for Ben Doak as it stands. They want him here. They want him to develop. I also think, and I could be wrong on this, Trev, this is just now me wildly speculating, I think he'll enjoy minutes, and I'm saying minutes carefully, I'm not putting a number on it, but minutes in the second half of the season, I think his impact's been that good. They're going to guard him because he's a young kid, but I do think he'll enjoy minutes. Bobby Clark we asked about as well. Again, apparently there is interest in Bobby Clark specifically, as it stands, though, similar, they feel their best development will be done staying at the club, training week in, week out with top players. One of the things that was interesting that was said to us was, why would they want to send Dope to Forest? What's he going to learn there in a team that's struggling? What bad habits is he going to pick up? And the lineup changes every week. So it's quite a damning statement in a way. But yeah, maybe take it as a positive. We're not expecting Doak or Clark to go anywhere. Doak, I could see getting minutes. I wouldn't put that on the line for Clark at all. But yeah, two kids who did really well in a, in that tournament. So fingers crossed we do see more of him. And in terms of a, another name, that it's a, it's new on me, uh, uh, George Hall. What can you tell us about this kid? Yeah, it, it, it's one when we're told that it was a, it sounds terrible and it probably shows my lack of knowledge. I was who? Who's that? So apparently uh, an England under-19 international doing really well at Birmingham. This sounds familiar, doesn't it, Trev? A young England international, your youth international doing well at Birmingham. All sounds a bit familiar here, maybe. But yeah, yeah. apparently very, very hot property that a lot of clubs are, are looking at. We're very interested in him. But the suggestions are that Leeds are the red hot favourites if he moves. Mainly we're being told due to the potential of offering that first team route football sort of straight away. But another kid who we're very interested in. So maybe not the most senior moves, if that's the right phrase, but there's a lot happening youth-wise, put it that way. Now, this is where we get to the high-octane speculation uh, section, uh, where it's not anything we've had confirmed or denied. It is, in fact, just talking about some of these stories that won't go away. One of them, and some of them have gotten very specific with their details. Specifically, I'm thinking about the links to Mr. Amrabat, where I read a story where there was all sorts of interesting detail in inverted commas about Klopp having spoken to the agent and uh, 45 million would be fine by Fiorentina. It looks like it could get done. And it's all very, very positive and exciting. That's obviously one I'd like you to uh react to uh we've touched on the enzo fernandez thing which seems to have gone from oh yeah absolutely absolutely to as you said earlier on we're interested but there's nothing in any way concrete uh to talk about and then of course there's two others that we must mention we've heard today stories being put out by people uh, looked to me like uh playful uh sort of uh naughtiness uh, from other websites talking about how Manchester City were the favourites for Jude Bellingham now that they win so many trophies had a real bad smell of it that story it made no sense to me uh, and it just seemed like I think mischief making but again be interested in your take on Jude and then finally the other story that won't go away 
probably for a very specific reason, is the links happening again today in the press between a Liverpool and uh, a certain Chelsea fella called Mason Mount. So would you knock over each of those four skills for me and tell me what you think about the current status, uh, if any, for all of them? Yeah, with absolute pleasure. So starting with Amrabat, th- this is the a bizarre one. And, and I'm I'm starting to think with the World Cup coming to an end, this will kind of tail off. But it's just not going away, Trev. The, the stories are, are being tweaked. They're being altered slightly in terms of who he wants, who he's after, you know, who wants him, that type of thing. Checked it again. And I, th- I think when you start asking people, sometimes they'll be like, I've told you once type of thing. But being told unequivocally that there's no interest from our end in Amrabat. One of the things that, that have been told that there is a another Premier League club, which we'll come to later, but from our end, nothing at all. That's that's what we're being told. From Jude, you know I'm all in on that, Trev. I am ready to be hurt big time. I'm talking like open up my heart and take it type of thing. We are all in on the Jude Express all the way. No problem stating that whatsoever. Uh, Mason Mount, the third one you asked me about. Interest in this one. I think this has got, and again, like you said, we're in in speculation territory. This has got all the feelings around agent placement. What I mean by that is, from what we've been told, Mount is expected to renew with Chelsea. But the biggest thing is, Trev, he's not happy with the renewal that's been offered to him. Mainly on the basis that Reese James, their right back renewed, he got offered a lot more. So that's the the sort of speculation behind it, that there's a bit of annoyance in regards to the amount that's been offered. But the the suggestion is, and I believe, as I said before, I strongly believe he will renew at Chelsea. It's all just part of the dance, for want of a better phrase. So Mount to Liverpool, absolutely not a being in that whatsoever for me. So I think that was all three, wasn't it? It was, and there's one left because look, if if the official club website can indulge in speculation by having the Daily Mail and Sky Sports and the Liverpool Echo uh, talking about these players that we've just been talking about, we can also cash in uh, in in terms of enjoying a little bit of chat about another one that's linked by two stories, both uh, one in the Mail online and one in Sky Sports, both there on the front page of the news pe- uh, section of the Liverpool uh, official website linking us to a fella who Dave Hendricks has been talking about for a long time, and that is Brighton's Moses Caicedo. What do we think about this? Chelsea apparently also very interested in this lad. The way I describe this, Trev, it's like when you're getting ready for the very occasional night out and the wife comes down in a gorgeous knockout dress and you're thinking, oof, that's a naughty little number. There's something in this, I reckon, Trev. I do reckon that I'm going to stick my neck on the line here for this. I'm not saying it's imminent. I'm not saying it's guaranteed. But the suggestion, this is the the biggest thing we were being told is that Liverpool made a move right at the end of deadline day last summer. So it's that feeling that is this being revisited? But if you ask me, it's just that naughty little number, that little suspicion that I've got that. I would say there's something in this. Have I got proof? No. Do I know definitively? Have I seen a contract? Any of that? Not at all. But I really think there's something in this. Time. 
So time will tell on this one, put it that way. But I'm just thinking this is one to watch throughout the window, definitely. Now, apparently, like I said, Chelsea are rivals for uh, uh, in terms of interest in that same player. And why not start our walk around the league by looking at uh, a club that has been a favourite topic of ours in Chelsea, who are apparently interested in Fofana. What's this about? God, I had to take a swig of the cherry Pepsi Max because God bless Sweeney Todd. He's just going to give us material all December and January, isn't he? So, yeah, massive change at Chelsea again, as we know, leading back to the um, the recruitment style, the people in charge now. So if you think about their recent forward recruitment, it's very much sort of football manager 2017, isn't it? In terms of Sterling, Aubameyang, that, that age, that profile. Interestingly now, the big sea change with the new staff in place is, like you say, one of these. It's pretty much done from all the suggestions for Farner. So an Ivory Coast youngster playing at Mulder in Norway, so 19 years old. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? An Ivory Coast potential superstar coming to Chelsea. Definitely getting deja vu here. But the suggestion yeah. is, Trev, around the 9 million mark, somewhere around there from Euro conversion. Interestingly, to to mention another club that you talked about there, Brighton were interested, which if you look at recent history, if Premier League clubs are smart, as soon as they know Brighton's interested in a player, that should be a real stamp of approval, shouldn't it? Looking at Caicedo, Alexis McAllister and those types. So maybe that that's played a, a part. There's, there's something I'll come to. This sounds terrible now. I'm, it's almost a tease now. I'm not going to come to it straight away, but there's something that's linked to this that I'll come back to later that tells us he wasn't necessarily the the prime first choice, but it sounds like a, a smart piece of no-risk recruitment. And Chelsea, Trev, are definitely revamping the whole forward line because as well as Fafana expected to come in in January, it's one they've done now, but for the summer, as we've mentioned before. Nkuku, the Red Bull Leipzig forward, French international, unfortunately had that injury that, that put him out the World Cup. But... That sounds pretty much like it's all signed, sealed and delivered by him just arriving simply. So it is a full revamp of Chelsea's forward line, which is interesting because they pretty much revamped every single other position Sweeney Todd has, hasn't he? So why would you leave the forward line out? But yeah, they are going to provide us material all January, Chelsea, I promise you. Yeah, I like I know a lot of Liverpool fans will be looking at this. Some of them will manage to retain a haughty sniffiness and say, "Well, I mean, that just seems like scattershot recruitment," and uh, they'll be smugly sitting in a, a a position of, like I say, haughty superiority. But I'll be honest, I wish we were doing this kind of crack. <laughs> I wish we were just throwing money at the wall, getting all these new players in. I know it's daft. But uh, it is exciting, and it must be exciting for them, to be fair. Now, we do have a sort of tenuous Reds connection in that there seems to be a guy who looked like he had the world at his feet uh, when he was making his move away from us, uh, and now looks like he's going to make a move away from the Premier League again, ha- having returned to it altogether, and maybe go a bit closer to home. Um, do you want to fill in, folks, on who I'm talking about? Yeah, uh, probably someone that will have folks go in serves him right. Some will have a a lingering affection for Felipe Coutinho, Trev, won't they? So ever since he left, it's kind of gone downhill. And 
it's almost from what we're hearing sounding like that's continuing so Aston Villa brought back by Stevie it, it's just not worked there and naturally Stevie's not in charge anymore Unai Emery's there it doesn't seem that Emery fancies him whatsoever so from what we're hearing there's serious interest from back home especially Corinthians so it wouldn't be any surprise if Coutinho did make the move back to back to his homeland but just I am kind of torn half between the serves and right and it is a bit of a shame in a way at the same time but yeah what a fall from grace eh? Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Quite spectacular. It, it, it really is. And, you know, I, I thought there were little uh, flickers that he might be able to rehabilitate there at Villa. But, yeah, not looking like the case at all. Now, uh, our... Uh, Gobby Mancunian pals uh, have a big star of theirs uh, looking like there might be a bit of a situation arising with their contract, um, and that is uh, a certain De Gea. What can you tell us about the situation for him? High-profile agent involved there as well. Yeah, you'll you'll definitely hear stories on this throughout January. So. As it stands with his contract, it officially expires at the end of this season. However, United do have the option to trigger it for a year, like a a year's extension, a year's roll-on. So, like you said, high-profile agent there, Jorge Mendes, wants a decision, is pushing United to say, you know, what are you wanting to do here type of thing? We we shouldn't be left in limbo. Part of the the delay, because from what we're hearing, that he's very much... uh, you know, settled there, done done well. I won't pretend I watched them particularly this season. The biggest thing we're being told, though, Trev, this is crazy. Are his wages are astronomical, and that's the biggest thing that's almost holding back that renewal, almost rolling that on for another year. G- generally, no idea if it's linked to anything to do with the the sales of the club, anything like that. But the reluctance is we're hearing in part just because of the sheer wages that he's on. So. It will be interesting because he's been uh, the number one for for many, many years there, in all honesty. But, yeah, expecting some news on this in January one way or the other. Yeah, and you've brought up a real sort of elephant in the room there, which is, of course, the fact that they are uh, up for grabs as well. And that could have a a massive uh, effect on whatever the hell happens in terms of business for them as well. So very, very much one to watch. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur are always good for a laugh, <laughs> you know, but they seem to be trying to become a far more serious uh, uh, side. Uh, and in terms of, of at least the recruitment that they've had in terms of, of, of uh, the manager they currently have there, 
we know he is definitely a very serious-minded individual. Uh, do we know if Antonio Conte is going to have any joy when it comes to milking a little bit of money out of the, the money man there at Spurs? And if so, uh, is he looking at anyone in particular that we know of? Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one with Conte. He seems to be able to do the impossible, which is get money out of Daniel Levy, which has you know, been something that many managers have not been able to, to sort of extrapolate, for want of a better phrase. But he's been backed. And going back to a player we mentioned before there, Trev, Amrabat. Apparently, Spurs are in for Amrabat, very much interested. Again, we're hearing that, Contrary to, to what's being said, Spurs are really interested. We're not. So it'd be interesting to see if anything develops there. But also at the same time, and it's weird that, that Tottenham seems so keen on midfielders, but th- this might be a, a a World Cup tenuous link, shall we say. Maybe easy to make. But the other um, Moroccan midfielder, Un- I think it's Unai, it's pronounced another name like a massacre there. So from, interestingly, a club in France there, Angers. So... The fee, the rumours are quite interesting, but in one of the, the big things that's happened in the last few days is the Angers president has actually come out and said, yes, we do have offers for him. We'd be more surprised if he stays just because of, in the nicest way, the nature of their club, the fees that, that's being talked. But yeah, for, from what we're hearing, long story short, Conte is expecting to be backed and you could debate this a lot, but he has, champ- you know, Tottenham in the Champions League knockout stages, doesn't he? But he's been doing well. So it'll be interestingly. No, let me rephrase that. I think he will get backed. To what extent? I don't know. But I would not be surprised if Amrabat ends up at Spurs. You do get the impression, don't you, with Conte that. I mean, I mean, it's he doesn't exactly hide it. If, if he doesn't get what he wants, he won't be long for there. Uh, so you know, you can you can you can see them uh, backing him. I think you're right, making a bit of a splash in this one. So it'll be interesting to watch that. Uh, our pals uh, across Stanley Park have uh, looks like they're gonna bid a, 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 a <laughs> I don't know if it's a mutually happy farewell to uh to someone and then we could go and have a look at a, an interesting story about a link to a very high profile uh, attacking talent uh at Newcastle uh, there's a lot more to it than that uh, but maybe start at Goodison and we'll move across then to St James yeah probably one that could have seen come in because I think uh, my last estimate he's about 57 years old but Salomon Rondon has had his contract terminated by mutual consent and I very much doubt there's any blue nosers that are disappointed with that whatsoever Trev in all honesty because I think his best days are well behind him I think the the only interesting thing is again Everton just selling players aren't they so Richarlison goes in the summer, Rondon. I think they've, they've even played like Anthony Gordon up front at times this season. So the, you're just wondering about firepower, especially when Calvert-Lewin seems injured all the time. But yeah, Everton's uh, woes are, are well documented, maybe enjoyed by a few, but that's a different conversation. Newcastle, yeah, th- this is a, a big one, like you said. So it's one that, that broke in a few places, sort of the, the Mail, the Times, the story. 
around um, this could be a real massacring of a name here, Trev. I'm going to go for it, though. Kavicha Kavarashila, I'll go with. So the Georgian Messi. You will, uh, <laughs> will, uh, we'll keep with that. We'll know him as the uh, the guy that, you know, tore us apart in, um, in Naples in that opening Champions League game. The suggestion was that Newcastle specifically were looking towards possibly January, but more likely the, the summer. Now, didn't really see it. And from asking around or being told, absolutely no chance is this even being considered right now. Napoli are in the Champions League knockout stages. So why would he even consider, you know, a move to Newcastle at this stage? And 50 million? I'd, we Listen, we saw him play Trev, didn't we? I think that might get you his left leg at best. There's no way that kid moves for 50 million. The fee will be a lot, lot higher than that. So interestingly enough, it was worth mentioning because it was in a few places, like we said, Mail and Times, but not an ounce of truth in this for me. It will be interesting to watch Newcastle though, because they must sense that there's an opportunity for them to pull something off in the yeah. remainder of this campaign, especially with a little bit of a, uh, an exciting, exciting recruit up front. So that they will absolutely be ongoing source of interest for us on this show. I have no doubt as it continues, but to broaden our uh, focus now away from the Premier League, to the wider European scene, having just spoken about the Champions League. We do have a story at the start here about a certain Mr. Mukoko. Uh, and we're back to Liverpool and Chelsea. I think you might be able to work something back in here that you wanted to refer to earlier on. Um, talk to us about this story um, about how Dortmund are reacting and what you think is the general situation with this Mukoko potential uh, transfer? Yeah, I def- definitely had to have a, a quick swig of the can there because this has been an interesting one, this, Trev. Literally, we've been asking around a few Bundesliga experts to try and really get a, a sort of a, a take on this. So Mukoko, like you said, young star at Dortmund, actually was part of the, the German World Cup squad. There was a lot of surprise he didn't get on the field at all, especially if you look at how they struggled in that tournament as well. So the big, the big sort of breaking, as a breaking maybe, but developing story has been that there was an expectation that even though his contract expired this summer, that he would renew. And the expectation is still that he renews at Dortmund. However, interestingly, his agent came out literally a few days ago and said, we are not close at the moment. Now, the suspicion is from our Bundesliga source and asking around that, again, it's part of the the dance, part of the game to sort of get them to to renew them, their offer, you know, up it somewhat significantly. And part of that as well from the those Bundesliga sources was saying that the reason he'd been umming and ahhing, debating about renewing it in the first place is lack of minutes. So it would be strange now that he's in the team and, you know, firing if, if that was the case to move on. However, like, like you said, to link it back to something we mentioned earlier, Liverpool are very interested in keeping a very eager eye on this. And another link as well, Chelsea have very much had an eye on this. And something we got from our Bundesliga sources as well, to the extent Chelsea have even shown him round the club, Trev, they've made a hard play for him as well. The biggest thing that's working against them is, again, naturally not being able to confirm that sort of 
first team action, those guaranteed minutes for a, a young player. But it's definitely one to keep an eye on because Liverpool are interested. But if he does come to England, it does not sound like we're the front runners. Also, from the suggestions from those Bundesliga sources that Fafana wasn't necessarily the first choice, shall we say. He's almost the, the backup or the alternative, if that's the right phrase, if they can't get Makoko. So it's going to be interesting what happens. The smart money says he renews, but this is a very, very talented kid. You know, I, I would actually go as far as to say, like, has the potential to be a real superstar world beater. So if there's any intimation or any inkling from these Premier League clubs that, you know, they can get him, they will move fast. So smart money on him staying, but one to keep an eye on Trev, definitely. Absolutely, yeah. Very, very, very interesting, this guy and the story around him. Uh, makes you wonder, doesn't it, whether El Sweeney Todd just keeps an eye and sees what other clubs are doing and then just gets there first. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it really does. Because, again, back to that idea of this scattershot approach, I mean... Uh, it, it, it may not. It may. It may actually be uh, quite a canny way of of operating when you think about it. And uh, if they have the money to throw around, uh, I, I again, I take it back. I take it. Take it back to the start of the show. I, I I would be a very excited boy if I if I if I was a Chelsea fan at the moment. And they they have this sort of approach to to recruitment. Um, to move away from uh, any Premier League links at all, really. And have a look at Real Madrid, who are obviously going to be uh, figuring very, very uh, uh, front and centre for the Reds uh, in terms of the remainder of our season and the potential for glory. Uh, It looks like a certain man, uh, (laughs) synonymous with the club, is uh, throwing his weight around uh, in relation to one particular uh, player. But there's quite a bit going on here in terms of uh, Real Madrid and their personnel. Talk to me a little bit about what you're you're hearing about potential incomings there at that club. Yeah, it's it's been a big week for them. And and part of it links to a, a strategic plan that Florentino Perez, but you know, a synonymous figure with world football, UEFA, that type of thing, is looking to implement. So, probably most people have seen the the breaking news, and it still sounds crazy to say this: that Real Madrid have secured the signature of Endrick, the the Brazilian youngster, sixteen years old right now. Absolutely crazy, and depending on which report you believe, Trev could be paying anywhere up to sixty-two million quid. 16 years old it still sounds insane just saying it but there you go that's the uh, the deal they've done you know stays at his existing club for another season at least but yeah up to 62 million quid for a 16 year old so where does this link to the the strategic part so the biggest thing that that Real Madrid have looked at is I mean they do spend a lot of money in Brazil there's no two ways about it so Rodrigo, you know, who came in, Vinicius Jr. I mean, look what a young star he's become as well. And they're hoping Rodrigo sort of goes on to that level at the same time. So, again, watch me uh, butcher another name. One of their um, scouting staff or one of their head scouts in that region of South America, I'm going to go with it, Uni Calafat, I think it's pronounced, is very much being sort of looking there and is known at sort of finding the gems within that area. So one of the things Real are specifically looking for, and 
they're not unique to this trev because a lot of clubs have started to do this almost like a, a red bull type model if you want to call it that where you have a few clubs or linked clubs if that makes sense in the area real madrid florentino are specifically looking for some site type of Brazilian link up. I'm not saying it's going to become Real Madrid Corinthians or anything like that. What I'm saying is very much looking at establishing a link up, whether that be an academy, exchanging players, whatever that looks like. I don't definitively know, but that is what we're being told. And it would make sense because they are paying a heck of a lot of money to that region. And listen, they're getting quality, aren't they? Looking at Rodrigo and Vinicius Jr. But if you can get them in at a reduced price and then bring them across to Europe when they're ready, it's a lot cheaper doing it that way and a lot more effective. So definitely one to keep an eye on. But yeah, still still getting my head around that. Up to sixty-two million for a sixteen-year-old. I do you know I was doing GCSEs and you know butchering my GCSE PE grades at that age. Not worth sixty-two million, but there you go. Such is football. So definitely one to keep an eye on with Real Madrid there. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit LibertyShield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Uh, it's got, I can't wait to see what, what becomes of this kid and how quick his progression is. Uh, you would hope that it, it will be a real story to watch uh, and that he will actually get to progress. We've seen before uh, really, really talented kids go there and get lost. It can happen. So we'll have to wait and, and, and keep an eye on, uh, on on Endrick for sure. Now, a story that we had, if not last week, the week before, was around uh, Jean Felix. Uh, and it looks like Poor old Newcastle, they're going to miss out on on uh, uh, the uh, Georgian Messi. And it looks like they're going to miss out here again, despite being heavily linked with him. Uh, we mentioned that on a, a show previously. You had that, that, that story. But it looks like he's headed elsewhere. And there might be somebody else headed to that same destination. Uh, again, one I think we flagged up before. Yeah, it's a really bizarre one. So we said the other week about how Newcastle had, you know, put the the big loan fee down on the table to Atletico, you know, 100% of the wages trying to tempt Young Zhao to Costa de la Key side, but it's not looking too likely now from the suggestions. So there's a few have got it, probably Di Maurizio, the big one to, to sort of line up the story there, that 
Felix is very much interested in going to PSG of all places. It's it's got to be an interesting one to keep an eye on, even in January with PSG as well, Trev. You know, Neymar, Messi, Mbappe. I'm not going to be funny, Trev. I would pay to be a fly on the wall for when they're all back in the changing room together after the World Cup. That will be fascinating, won't it, at PSG when Mbappe and Messi meet back up in the changing room. You could cut the tension with a knife, I bet. But the weirdest thing is, despite having those collection of forwards, yeah, Felix, it seems, is preferring that and that PSG are interested. And like you mentioned, we said it last week, the president of PSG literally came out and name-checked Marcus Rashford as well. You know, if there is a chance that we're definitively interested in him. He's also not shied away from talking about Felix, you know, and sort of accentuating his charms and attributes. It, it's really, really bizarre that if you just think about it for, you know, as a pure fact, that a club that has Messi, Neymar and Mbappe on their books seems to be almost leading a charm offensive for other forwards. But we we love to speculate. That's what we do on this programme. Don't get me wrong. The smart money says there's no way all three of those big names are at PSG come the end of the season, Trev. That, you know, there's a full on charm offensive for other forwards. Smart money may be messy, you know, for an MLS type of thing. But it's even one to keep an eye on this January because it's PSG and they're just a bit of a wild club, aren't they, realistically? But yeah, Jao Felix apparently definitively wants to go there. So let's wait and see what drama plays out in Paris. Yeah, I mean, it is proper soap opera stuff and potential. Uh, and, and I think you're right. I don't think, oh, look, you're, you're dealing with people who have endless resources, but I don't think there would be such overtures for uh, players that are not theirs if it wasn't for a feeling that there was going to need to be some uh, quite heavy surgery. So, yeah, absolutely one to watch it. A far more uh, sedate uh, and less uh, 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 soap opera uh, story to finish with. A lot closer to home as well in terms of Celtic, who look to be doing a little bit of recruitment there. Yeah, it's it very much is, if anyone's aware of Celtic, a Celtic-style Celtic recruitment in the sense of they brought a right-back in from Canada, or a Canadian international, I should say, on the back of the World Cup, Alistair Johnson, for almost a, a smart low fee. The, one of the biggest reasons for that, that if anyone's been keeping an eye on the World Cup, and um, Juranovic, I think it's pronounced, the right back for Croatia. Not not made the sort of team of the tournament. You know, naturally, Hakimi's been the one that's made that from Morocco, but very much Sean, you know, very much raised his stock. So what we're hearing, especially on that, is that there's quite a lot of clubs in for Juranovic, that a few from England, but predominantly from the Bundesliga as well. So looking at the way Celtic operate, the way they do business, it's very much expected that he will depart in January for a good fee, you know, well above, you know, less, well, 50%. How would I put this? It's smart business in the sense that they'll sell him for more than double what they bought and his replacement will cost less than half the original fee. So just smart business there. But yeah, fully expect Juranovic to depart, probably to the Bundesliga, maybe to the Premier League. But Smart business from Celtic there, definitely. Yeah, I guess it's it's uh, uh, probably just 
facts of life situation for Celtic in that situation in that particular situation where you know they have to look at clever recruitment and uh, maximizing the income for any any of the stars that they build up it's just like I say uh, the, the 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 circle of life when you're at that stage in terms of the size of your club and your league Look, we've covered a multitude there, Dave. I, 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 I'm a little bit dizzy after all those stories. It is a little bit of a worry that we don't have anything more definitive to say because there is nothing definitive out there about potential Liverpool recruits after all the heady excitement. But just last word on that, to bring it full circle back around to the Reds again, uh, what is your gut feeling? Like, and again, don't feel the need to be uh, uh, just like recklessly optimistic here for the sake of it. What is your gut feeling on anything getting done based on what what we've been hearing recently uh, in this January window? Based on who I've spoken to, as we said, and how reliable they've been, I think some. And I'm phrasing this carefully. I think something gets done, and I'm putting the tin hats on here, ready for people, you know, sort of howling at the moon when they hear this. But I think something gets done in January. That's what we're being told. Even if it's a late one, Trev, or it's one that we're talking, and we know the big stars. We don't need to go there too much. But it's a January deal for a summer move, if that makes sense. I still believe fully something gets done incoming wise in January. And I'm saying incoming because I fully suspect there'll be uh, certain things sorted, maybe not high profile, but as we mentioned before, sort of squad members, if that's the right phrase, sort out moves in January. But yeah, yeah sort of colours to the mass there. Something will happen in January. I'll put my neck on the line at that, or there'll be significant development and I'm putting my neck in the line with a giant tin hat on top of it, ready to be shouted at. I I feel bad because I feel like I've lured you into a corner there, and I didn't didn't intend that to be the case. Uh, But we will nonetheless take it, because it's always nice to have a little bit of something to cling to, and if Dave's hopeful, then I am as a result as well. Uh, I just want to say again, sorry to folks, I I didn't mention at the start, I'm incredibly congested, I've got a cold and I'm all, uh, all bunged up, so apologies for the voice. And if you were hearing a little bit of buzzing there, it's just an issue we've had with a connection somewhere. We can't track down where it is. So just uh, for those two technical things, just wanted to let you uh, know that we are aware of them. Uh, but we want to bring you a show anyway. And I think it's uh, better to have it with those uh, potential things hindering it than no show at all. Uh, and hopefully it gets to you bright and early on what we recording on Monday. Hopefully you'll have this on Tuesday uh, to get your ears around. So. As ever, Dave, for another show full of info. Thanks very much. No props. Pleasure as always. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds 
and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.